the Sideline Cut Podcast, sponsored by Solar Choices of Limerick, making the energy requirements for your home, business or farm more affordable. Visit solarchoices.ie. You're very welcome along to the Sideline Cut Podcast, sponsored by Solar Choices of Limerick. Myself, Luke Liddy, joined by James Ryan here in the Live 95 studios as we look ahead to what is a massive Sunday Limerick welcoming Cork to the two scale grounds with their season on the line. We'll delve into that throughout the show. We're looking forward to what should be a really exciting occasion. James, just firstly, before we get into the hurling talk and talk about the game coming up, you're back from your checkup up in Dublin after your um, ACL surgery. You're doing well, but yourself and, and Sean Finn have something in, in common at the moment. It's a terrible injury to get over. Yeah, um, I suppose mine hasn't uh, been as talked about as much as uh, <laughs> as Sean Finn's one at the moment. But uh, yeah, look, I only got it done there two weeks ago. Um, I'm going to feel Sean Finn's pain. Hopefully he gets his done straight away. Um, I'd have given up my spot even to let him in. So uh, the quicker he gets right, the better. Um, just look, we, we keep saying this actually... Maybe it's a, a thing about all these games and Munster Championship or even the way the GA has gone split season with the county that we're nearly talking about an injured player every week. But look, that comes with sport. I think if you're going to sign a contract, that clause would be in it that with matches and matches coming repetitively and more matches being introduced and the intensity and the strength conditioning of these guys, injuries are going to happen. So, uh, And as I keep saying, the effort and the effort and uh, I suppose the time these players put into it. So look, we hope Sean Finn gets right. Um, as I say, look, I'm two weeks into the operation there now. I'm nearly going around without a crutch. Sean Finn already done it, so he knows the story. But to state the obvious, obviously we're moving forward this season without him. Uh, we, we wish him the best of luck, but he's going to be a massive loss. Uh, whether we win, lose or draw the game against Cork the weekend moving forward, he's going to be a huge loss. Um, so we just wish him the best uh, in recovery. Yeah, we certainly do. Well, last time out, Limerick drew 25 points apiece against Tipperary. In the end, I suppose the result didn't mean too much because you still have to beat Cork at the two scale grounds. But uh, James was joined by Dan O'Sullivan on commentary duty for that one. If he puts this over, the sides will be level for the seventh time. Has he the range? Has he the range? Has he what? The crowd tells you it's 23 points to 23. That's why he's earlier the year. And there's seven times level. Two and a half of the six got. Have Limerick organised who's doing what? Dimmer Burns has. Oh, turned over inside. Into the Pamish Jimmy Canlon. Canlon falls and over the bar it goes to Tipperary. William O'Donoghue, short towards Graham Mulcahy. Has to get away from his man. Slips inside. Can they get the hand pass back towards William O'Donoghue? Goes past his man on the edge of the And advantage. And over the bar from Graham O'Kay. Brilliant one-two play. 24 points apiece, level for the eighth time. Gets the hand pass out towards the accurate man. Heard a spuds violent Barrissey from a hand. Point. Put the spuds on. <laughs> one in front. A big free here, I'm sure. Doesn't give one now. Does give oh. one then. Yeah, that's not a free. That's not a free. Um, he's going to make a draw but I'll tell you I think they're giving out about the delayed whistle as well if it was a free why didn't he blow it straight away nah. he took a second or two so he's going to make a draw this I can tell you now it's 25-24 with a free to come linesman is telling the man to move the slitter back so no, John McGrath this is going to be a draw Liam Cattle being inverted comma sent off he's still standing in the same box McGrath over the bar Level again for the ninth time. Tipperary 25, Limerick 25. And the soft free. Blown it up. The soft free at the end of the game from the referee. Uh, 
that's what he wanted in the end in fairness to an anti-climax for want of a better word the game is ended at Semple Stadium and Thurless 25 points apiece but it'll all be about the referee and the decisions he made uh, as Limerick play Cork next weekend with a chance to remain in the championship yeah it's all on the line Jim Bob I love that Don is bouncing off the walls and screaming and shouting and you're cool as a cucumber you're always the, the calming presence I suppose on, on our commentaries how do you keep it together when it's all in the melting pot yeah I suppose um, I, I don't know whether I've been as good in the field I, I think your, your emotions at times is something I had to really get better at as, as I got older going through the, the grades minor 20s and every player does that's just me you, you have to keep especially into county level you have to keep your, your cool on the field or you just won't be on the, the team it's too big a loss to lose a player over or mounting at the referee or, or, or losing your head and, and hitting somebody off the ball and things but I don't know I, I just don't get as excited when I'm not playing myself the adrenaline don't be pumping and things and I suppose that nearly brings us to the to the talk about like uh, Liam Cattle getting the, the, yeah. the Ben um Look, like we just like to say, we've nothing at all against Tipperary or anything like that personally. But we were doing the commentary um, the other day, and, and Liam Kell came down, and and I totally understand. Uh, it was near the end of the game; they were under serious pressure. They had to maybe win the game. Um, they were up during the whole game, and it was a sideline ball being a point down. And obviously, it was a tip si- sideline ball. In fairness, I think Richie did hit it last gone out, but. You you just can't have managers running down and like it wasn't as if he he ran down and and mounted but he just ran down very aggressively and fair play to the Limerick management and John Kiley for just not getting involved like it's it's kind of what's the point really but you have to compliment because at the heat of the moment you can but look we've seen a couple of videos on social media we've seen a couple obviously it's a big thing this year that needs to be stamped out with referees getting attacked nearly and 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 Rose starting the side of the pitch and things like that so um, look we have to protect our officials we'd love to see the game going more rugby like where we respect our officials and things like that rather than going down the road of soccer where they can often give the the fourth official linesman and, and be mounting away so I just love to see the G and, and they have to stamp it out because otherwise you, you, look it's inter-county hurling Every, it's, it was on the telly everybody was seeing it and look I feel I feel sorry for Liam Cal we all lose the hit there's nobody perfect or anything like that but like there's going to have to be sanctions in place to improve it because like people are probably listening saying watch this fellow I've often seen him lose the head and and I'd always make the argument that uh, monkey see monkeys do that I'm only doing what I see the whole time and it's a total thing impulse thing where when you see a thing happening you do it yourself or if you see everybody else mounting at the ref for the sign you're going to do it yourself so um, look the, the GA are hopefully getting better unfortunately for Tip they're going to miss Liam Cal off the sideline next day and they, they might get a rescinded for next one but I think uh, they have to be seen to do them kind of things in a match yeah, I suppose it's it's maybe the the mentality of of teams going in as is. I mean, you you, you need to be aggressive, don't you? It's like a mini All Ireland every time you play Limerick. It was like a cauldron in in Turles as well. We saw the the Limerick players being pulled and dragged out of throughout the game. And look, we're 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 putting our hands up. Limerick um, are are well capable of doing the same themselves, you know. But they they do get put under the microscope when it happens. But you looked at a few of those exchanges during the game. Barry Nash getting sent off late on very uncharacteristic but something pushed him to that to the to the kind of leaning over and the and the screaming and and getting in uh, getting in the Tipperary lad's face you saw Kyle Hayes as well staring down Alan Tynan but I suppose you don't notice it kind of from up high looking down but there's a war going on down there and look these lads have a massive target on their back and it is all boiling over isn't it 
Yeah. Um, the Kyle Hayes standing, staring um, down Alan Tynan one is just basically like, a, like if, if you're actually in the stand or you see the photo after saying, God, that might be kind of childish behaviour or something. But when you're on the field to play, there's a whole psychology to that. Um, in any game, whether you're going good, bad or indifferent or whatever, that's, I'm not giving an inch. And I suppose that's why everybody liked that photo because Alan Tynan was obviously whatever height he is, five, Six, seven, eight. Kyle Hayes is six, three, four, five, whatever they saw. Big man, small man, but Alan Tynan wasn't given given an inch in that, and that photo kind of went out all over the place. And I suppose it was a, it was a reflection of the game. Both teams um, di- didn't take a step back, and they both faced each other up. Um, the Barry Nash one is just. Um, if you ever think of these, like the, the Barry Nash sent off on any team, uh, a player very rarely, if ever, gets sent off in that manner when you're 15, 16 points up. Mm. And that all kind of comes when. Maybe you're a slight bit off where you think you should be. Uh, maybe you might have made a couple of mistakes yourself. And it's just a little bit of frustration is all I'm trying to say. Now, it was a pivotal moment in the game. I'm sure um, Barry regrets doing it. it. It's very unlimerick-like. They're very good at keeping their cool and all that. But um, the, the other point I wanted to make, and you were on about the keeping your cool and maybe being pulled and dragged that, like we'll say Groot Hegarty was at the start of the game. Like we've spoke there a couple of weeks ago on this part about like uh, this line that they use that I don't really get is like playing on the edge. Mm. But to me that like obviously playing with high intensity is the way I put it because playing on the edge is like a way where you're getting away with foul and all that. Yeah. To me, Limerick play with high intensity and you have to match that intensity. And to be honest, um, like I will just take Rod Hegarty as an example of the whole team at the moment. I, I just feel that Limerick need to raise that intensity and, and maybe find it. And maybe it is a mental thing where they feel like media was against them, refs were against them a small bit, and maybe they have their foot taken off the pedal a small bit um, in terms of going in for the ball, in terms of getting their tackle rate up and the whole lot. Because like I can only speak playing myself and I'm sure a lot of people playing club around the county or anyone who played previously or in management the whole lot they know exactly what I'm on about here where when you tell a player to just go a little bit uh, kind of calm your tackling down a small bit or you're going in too hard the whole lot that can totally well it did anyway totally put me off my game where uh, you don't know what you should be doing and how hard you should be going in and, and things like that the, the best way of making the comparison is it's the very same as you often see it the difference in playing a championship match and then you go away and if Limerick and Tipperary played next week in a challenge game they'd just be going often a challenge game they can be just going through the emotions that intensity and in it and some players can't play at that level they have to be playing at a real high intensity all the time and I just think and maybe that's the reason why we're saying the team is lacking a bit of energy at the moment and things like that maybe they're just in this mindset that they needed to calm down their tackling a bit uh, for whatever reason Um, but to me they need to get their maybe intensity their tackle rate their body contacts back up to achieve that yeah, and I suppose before we move on from the Tipperary game, Jim Bob, just looking at maybe the, the form of some of the players. You mentioned Groot Hegarty there at the moment. Look, he, he is being well shepherded, but doesn't seem to be firing. Keen Lynch as well. They're the two anyway that have been singled out in terms of people are saying they're former hurlers of the year and they got taken off in that draw with, with Tipperary. You contrast that with, I suppose, Cahill O'Neill, the energy he brought, the five points from play. Tom Morrissey, I think four points from play and another stellar performance. Probably one of Limerick's best performers so far this season. How much of a worry are Hegarty and Lynch because we know how influential they are to, to this Limerick team? Yeah, and, and the biggest word you said there was team. You're some of your parts. If Groot Hegarty and Keane Lynch are playing well, the whole team plays well around them. 
<coughs> so the two boys didn't play well the other day. What about all the best rest of the boys around and popped him out of the ball? Do you know what? That's that's the way it goes. Um, yeah, Grod Hegarty, Keen Lynch. If we brought him in today and said, "Well, how are you going?" They probably wouldn't be that happy with the way they're going and that's comparing it to other years we're not saying they're obviously they're not going as well as they were other years so they'll be disappointed you always want to achieve more and get better but I suppose I have two comparisons to make to the Limerick team at the moment not to be singling any players out but Grodegadi and Keane Lynch are nearly like two players there at the moment they're like uh, if you ever watch soccer for example a striker lacking confidence it can happen you We've seen the best strikers. That is Alan Shearer still the highest scorer in the Premier League. I'm sure he went through a, a scoring drought where he's just missing sitters inside in the six-yard box and things like that. And the only way you can actually get out of... Well, they say, I, I watch other sports and I hear them say, the only way you can get your confidence back to all that is playing games and eventually it'll come. The other thing is, and hopefully this makes sense as I'm saying it, is the other comparison I'm making is... Um, I see your car outside there, Luca. Seven Series Merc, right? You buy the nicest car you ever did, right? It's nice. That's my secondary car. <laughs> the nicest car in Limerick, right? And you drive that up to Dublin every day and the whole lot. Eventually, you won't get away with driving that car until you service it. It needs a little bit of a rest. It needs a little bit of a break. The oil needs to be changed and the whole lot. And at the moment, right, we have that car in terms of the Limerick team. They're an awesome team, but they're they're just something... Needs to be serviced up at the moment. They might need a change. Look, I'm hearing a lot of talk about like moving Kyle up the field and move this fella and that fella. And I personally don't think the managers are going to do too much because straight away that's panic. And you you don't want to set that in either. Like So um, the other thing I would say is like mindset and perception is unbelievable. I listen to a lot of different things going on during the week. I, I talk to a lot of Tipperary people, Limerick people, the whole lot, right? And suddenly Tipperary are massive contenders for the All-Ireland which they are no point saying I was very impressed with them the other day and suddenly Limerick oh they don't look the same and they're they're slipping in the whole lot and like let's talk facts here John McGrath still had to put the ball over the bar the last puck of the mm. game to draw it so suddenly we're going terrible things aren't going right we miss Sean Finn we need to move Kyle up. but yet the serious contenders had to put the ball over the bar to draw it and, and I think I've heard um, John Kiley and a couple of others who in the know about the Limerick team and that come out with stats and facts and uh, they're right they're looking at the, the stats and the nature of it so the point I'm trying to make is if Limerick start playing like they did in that third quarter of the Tipperary game the form the intensity and the whole lot and if they can bring that there's an awful lot more room for improvement in the Limerick team than there isn't any other team in the country and I think the whole rest of the country know that and I think that's why the whole rest of the country would like to see Limerick out of the championship which I would myself if I wasn't from Limerick come the weekend they know that if this team can click in any nature um, they've, they've loads of room for improvement Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll park the game against Tipperary. We're going to look ahead to the big clash against Cork in just a couple of moments. But firstly, here's a chat with former Limerick SNC coach Mikey Kiley. Uh, he was kind enough to join us for a chat a little while ago. Take a listen. Now, Mikey, thanks for taking the time to join us on the Sideline Cut podcast. We're delighted to have you, I suppose. First of all, how are you getting on at Connacht? Obviously, you were at Ulster and moved to the Western Province there last season. They're treating you all right? Hey, Lou, thanks for having me. Um I go well and kind of um, nice young team there and probably performed well enough on the whole slow start to the the year and kind of build I suppose confidence and confi- confidence as as the year went on and got to the, to the last four of the URC um, and unfortunately lost 
Yeah, it would have been some um, weekend if uh, it was Limerick or if it was Munster Connacht in Limerick and Limerick Cork at the the two scale at grounds. But uh, as you say, came up just short against the Stormers. Do you yeah. do you miss um, working with the with the poor hurlers, or have you forgotten about them now? <laughs> <laughs> Are you a converted rugby man now? I uh, know you miss the, the the big thing is, is that community aspect that now sometimes it comes against you as well. But when you're walking down the street, everyone is interested and everyone wants to know how you're getting on and that kind of I suppose. Uh, when it's where you're from as well, you have you have that bit more of a, a connection to the area, the players, the sporters. Um, so, no, def- definitely would miss it, yeah. Have you managed to get to any Limerick games this season? Probably not, considering you've been uh, so no, busy. I've actually been lucky enough to wear the games. Well. I, I missed the Waterford game, but I got into the Gaelic Grounds against Clare, and I was in Turles last week, and I hope to win the Gaelic Grounds this weekend. So, really looking forward to another game. Um, they've been edge of the seat stuff so far, so um, it's been great to be, to be at them. Yeah, it's been great. The Munster Championship has been great. I suppose you're looking at the the Limerick performances so far, and probably the bar had been set so high. It's looking like it's not a vintage year so far for for this Limerick team. And people pointing to to maybe the fact that they look like they're lacking that bit of energy, that they're maybe a bit leggy, and it's leading to maybe some uncharacteristic mistakes and and errors in in. Look, it's easy casting aspersions, looking on from from the armchair or whatever. What's your expert opinion on it? I'm definitely not an expert in you, <laughs> but um, no, like, like look, it, it's um, without trying to avoid the question, you, you really don't know unless you have the data in front of you. But like, I don't like my own perspective is that I actually don't think it's a performance drop. I, I think other teams have, have raised their their intensity and raised their work rate, like. All of the teams have been talking about how hard they went back, how they know they have to raise their standard to meet Limerick. And like, I don't have like GPS metrics in front of me that I can tell you it's dropped off. I can only see it with my eye. And like, there might have been a bit of sharpness missing, but I, I genuinely don't think it's anything too drastic. Like, when you look, I just saw a, a, a tweet from Ray Boyne, and I'm not sure how, how he coded the data, but he made out that Tipperary had more tackles, hooks, and blocks at the weekend. And if that is the case, they're just people are raising their standards to meet Limerick. Um, I'm not sure Limerick have dropped off per se, but I, I do think Limerick's structure and technical and tactical expertise will, will take them out of trouble and will we'll get them over the line against Cork. In terms of the physical side of it, Mikey, and I yeah. know you're saying you, you don't have the stats in front of you, but if you are getting stats back that maybe this player is, is behind where they were last year or they're, they're lagging behind what, what obviously their, I suppose their personal best is, what's the protocol and, and how difficult is it to, to rectify something like that midway through a season? It's, it's difficult to rectify when you're going game to game, week on week. Um, but I, I genuinely don't think it, that's a major factor. Uh, I, I think just other teams have risen a bit. I don't, I don't think we've went backwards. Um, and I, I don't think we'll take a backwards step. When you flip it around, we've only lost one game yeah. in, in nearly two years. So like, it's, uh, it, it, there, we're so, it's, it's funny, like, we were so unaccustomed to success for so many years. Now we're accustomed to success. People are nearly tro- throwing the, the backwater out of small boat. They, there's no. I don't think there's any major issue. It's just a small bit of sharpness, but I do think a big performance is is coming. Trying to time that run correctly, though, Mikey, and I'm I'm not saying that they haven't. It 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 has to be difficult. I know you think back to 2021. Obviously, you didn't have the round robin to contend with, but 
you did go back really late from a from a Limerick point of view, and obviously it worked out with that performance against Cork in the in the final. It must be a real tight balancing act, and you add to that that these aren't professional players, and and you don't have access to them all the time like you would up the road now in Connacht. Yeah, like it's definitely difficult to get it right and wrong, and like it, you can you can have the best plans in the world if you get a couple of losses or a couple of wins, it was the right plan or the wrong plan, but there's so many different parameters within it. But I, I'd say it's definitely more difficult than uh, when I had it because you you had that period between the league and the championship to get a couple of weeks hard training done. And I'd say that probably is the rationale that most teams, I'd say all the Munster teams went back, went back that bit earlier in November, December because they knew they wouldn't have that time between league and, and championship. So I, I think it's definitely harder now, uh, no doubt, with the, the structure of the championship. Yeah, I think John Kiley put it in a way like looking ahead to the semi-final and then the final because we had seen over the last couple of seasons that that, that heavy training had gone, gone on during the league and you probably saw it um, during the, the league campaign. But he was saying that, look, we'd only be playing challenge matches anyway, but it, it, it really is just around the corner. When you make a league final, you're about a week, two weeks waiting and then you're out for the for the championship season. So the way that it's structured, it, it, it must be difficult. Oh, yeah, it's definitely difficult. I don't think it's ideal from... Um, now, I say it with a J hat on. If it's a rugby hat on, you're, you're out week and week um, for, for up to 10, 11, 12 weeks in, in a row. So it, it's it's not unfounded in sport to, to have that kind of a setup. But generally speaking, in J, we used to love that three weeks and, and all teams would talk about where you have kind of a, a week of small bit of rest after after the league and then you have a big build-up week and then you have a week leading in whereas this this year I think most teams had either a week or two weeks if they made the, the finals and we find the league so you don't have a lot of time to adjust but again I, I, I'm fairly confident that Limerick will, will, will come good and aren't actually far off exactly where they need to be yeah, and we're hoping that they come good against Cork. Justin, yeah. from an overall point of view, Mikey, you talk about the the training that the, that these GEA players put in. You talk about, obviously, from a rugby background now at the moment, going from Ulster to, to Connacht. These are, are paid athletes. They obviously don't have day jobs. That is their job. They they get rest days. They can you know put the feet up after they've trained. In terms of the, the GEA side of things, over the last couple of years, it's gone up probably 10 notches in terms of the strength and conditioning and the commitment if that continues on the same trajectory like where does it end up and is it a bad thing um it's difficult to know luke like it, it, there's definitely huge stress based on, on the players between work and um between work and training like most lads are finishing work at three four or five o'clock depending on on their profession and then they have to turn around and go to the gym or the pitch and they're probably getting home at 10 or 11 o'clock so the recovery like the most important things in recovery are literally nutrition and sleep. So if you're not nailing, if you're rushing from work, you're probably not nailing your nutrition. If you're getting home late from training, you're not nailing your sleep. So it, it's definitely more difficult. Uh, I don't know where it ends up to answer you, your question. I, I think it will, given the Jay's ethos, it will always remain amateur and you nearly kind of, in a way, you'd hope it would, but just maybe 
could be something looked into like like tax breaks for, for players or that but that wouldn't go down well with the general public <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first folks yes. um, Mikey just just looking forward as you say you, you expect Limerick to, to hopefully get over the line against Cork then depending on what happens in the Tip and Waterford game you're, we're kind of expecting Tipperary to win that one we could end yeah. up in a, in a Munster final against Clare for all we know we just don't know at this at this point but if you do go through the back door you have a preliminary quarter final you have a quarter a semi and a final if you were with this Limerick crop at the moment, do you kind of rub your hands and say, yeah, loads of time here to, to I suppose, to get things right and, and kick on through the, the preliminary quarters into the quarters? Or are you saying that's a lot of games? Um, I I honestly think all all the lads will be thinking is they need to be Cork this weekend and, and see where that takes them. Um, You're not still in the camp now, Mikey, come on. No, I'm not, but... It, <laughs> That's the that's the route I'd want to go yeah. and and cross your fingers you make a Munster final. Um, if it was the other way, like like Limerick have, have dealt with with both kind of scenarios over the past and to good effect. Um, I, I do think just getting over Cork the weekend, like now Cork have one thing they have is a lot of pace. Um, whether whether they they start um, to, whether they start the likes of. Um, Oh, his name's gone for me. Um, oh, Barrett, Shane Barrett or Kingston, uh, they both had a good impact against Clare. Um, but like, I just hope the Limerick structure, and I, I think the way Limerick structure and their own puck-out routine and their strategies around that, I, I think we'll get them over the game line. Um, but yeah, I straight through Luke as well, I'd want to go anyway. Um, but I, I, I don't think they'll be thinking any other way either. Great to hear from Mikey Kiley on the Sideline Cut podcast, sponsored by Solar Choices of Limerick. He's looking forward to the game on Sunday. Who isn't? It should be a cracker between Limerick and Cork. Well, there's been plenty of crackers between these two sides, and it is a knockout affair coming up this Sunday. Limerick obviously getting a good start. Soffrey there and Cork come into it, but Limerick on the attack now, Don. Limerick on the attack is right. Is that man Keane Lynch again? Throws it back up and cuts it. Hit towards Garrow Hegarty. Shot in the goal! Garrow Hegarty! But again, everyone's talking about Cox's pace here. Jack O'Connor and Robbie Flynn are very fast players. They haven't got a yard away from them. Seamus Flanagan gets the fuck out straight into the hands of Aaron Galland. Goal, Charles! Very to the back of the net by Aaron Galland! It's going to be all on, on the table next weekend. But for, you know, isn't that what we're all involved in this one for? To go after those types of games and to have those types of games. It's a fantastic championship. And we'd like to clearly stay in the championship, you know, for as long as we possibly can. And the referee. Oh, that's it. That's it. Limerick are the All Ireland champions. Back to back for the first time ever. Ten titles are perfect. Ten. The words at the end there, Jim Bob, I'm just getting warm. LL Cool J, Mama's going to knock you out. Our Mama said knock you out, excuse me. Look, one of them's getting knocked out this Sunday. We're hoping it's going to be Cork on their way and uh, taking an early summer. But what way are you feeling? You nervous, excited or, or what way? I know you're pretty confident as it uh, as it stands most of the time. Yeah, I suppose. Look, the first thing is uh, I'm really, really looking forward to this game. To be honest, um I think the Munster Hurling Championship in general is getting great coverage and, and everyone's talking about it in a great light for, for that exact reason. Every game has been good, even even Cork and uh, Clare the weekend was a, was a brilliant game. So every game has been uh, been top class and there hasn't been much 
um, between any of the teams. But I suppose you have to say maybe it's true to form. Uh, we are where we probably deserve to be in a knockout game against Cork. So, um, yeah, really, really looking forward to the game. Um, I think that if uh, Limerick can raise that intensity that I just spoke about, if they can get their tackle rate high and the whole lot, they'll know that Cork won't like that. They like the whole challenge game style hurling where it's could be score for score and, and not much going on in the middle third because they've, they've loads of forwards and love putting the ball over the bar. So uh, Limerick's tactics be interesting. But um, yeah, look, it's odd to play for what look, especially home advantage as well I think it's going to be massive and there's going to be a huge crowd there the weather looks like it's going to be good as well so I can't wait Patrick Horgan obviously always has the, the spotlight on him Jim Bob scored 126 so far this season 17 of those from freeze 265s there's talk that maybe he doesn't do enough off the ball but how can you leave a man of his quality out is is, is the question I'd ask and I suppose that happened at times last year so you have a, a Patrick Horgan this year now with, with a real probably chip on his shoulder yeah, sure. Look, Patrick Horgan, what is he, thirty-five or six now? He's on, he's on his last couple of years trying to win in All Ireland. Got very close in twenty thirteen, obviously. Um, I think he, he, he's been taken over by TJ Reid at the weekend to be the top scorer ever in in, um, in the GA. So look, yeah, we we know what he can do. Obviously, that's where Sean Finn will come in. He usually kind of picks him up for large parts of the game anyway. But look, Cork have a lot of forwards. Um, I suppose. That's the thing you have to, to worry about. Cork are very, they're, they're very much like Limerick. They're, they're half back line midfield and all their forwards can score from different angles. That, that, that's kind of their, their skill and their nearly tradition for that. You'd, you'd associate Cork Hurling for that kind of style. So I think tactics is going to be massive in this game. What way they're going to approach the game. Uh, Cork, I suppose if we go back to 2018, the All-Ireland semi-final, that there's a lot of players still playing that and, and Cork played with that half forward line coming back and they were playing very similar to Limerick that time and then they kind of changed back and all that but look I suppose Cork are in a, in a good place in terms of they look united a bit like Clare at the moment they, they look like a united group where I see there uh, Declan Dalton has 2-7 scored uh, a lot of that now would be from play uh, but if you look at Declan Dalton just as the player himself and his stature this year he's definitely trimmed up he looks fit so they, they look like they've, they've a lot of work done um, I think Pat Ryan new manager brought a new energy to it um, can often go the other way as we see but he's asked, definitely have to bring a new energy to it and I, I was very impressed with Pat Ryan I think modern players now in their 20s they, they want to be spoke at not roared at I think that day is completely gone they're educated people you're dealing with middle class kind of players and uh, Pat Ryan at half time against Limerick Cork were getting well beat Declan Hannan and Grod Hegarty actually were on about his farm at the moment done, had an unbelievable game that day and uh, Pat Ryan came out with his management team about five minutes before half time and let, the, let it to the players and said basically kind of in one way said lads this is your team it's up to you to sort it out is there anything you can do so he, he's obviously going with a very much player led approach um, they definitely have improved slightly in the strength and condition side of it as well this year. So, yeah, look, they'll, they'll be tough opponents. You think Cork, you think goals, don't you, a lot of the time? You think the silky forwards, the the pace, and I think you mentioned it a, a couple of moments ago. Just looking at, I suppose they've scored seven this year, Limerick have scored three, but you look at the goals conceded, Limerick conceded two, Cork conceded five. Do you need goals to, to beat Cork or just need to keep them out? Sure, look, I, I keep using, I don't know why I keep referring back to the Brian Cody line, but every game takes on a life of yeah. its own. There's games you need them, games you don't, but I suppose the games you do need them, if we do need them, it's going to be a slight bit of a worry because, uh, yeah, we've had goal chances this year and probably missed a few of them. We think of Seamus Flanagan's against Clare in the first couple of minutes and we've had a few, but 
I suppose if you need goals, you need to get the ball up inside their 21 and it's just something we're very slow to do. And look, look like we were speaking here, obviously they do video analysis the whole lot. Um, if you look at the Limerick Tip game even last week, uh, they definitely came out in the second half and they used Kyle Hayes and outball the whole time. So we're giving out to not hitting the ball down to the full forward line. They clearly saw that there was maybe a sweeper down there or an extra defender. So they, they saw that Kyle was free and they kept Dermot Burns every time he got the ball straight across the field. Kyle Hayes kept getting the ball. Um, and for that first 15 minutes, it worked. So, um, but I would like to see Limerick maybe have some call, some switch up play or something just to get the ball up to the full forward line a bit more. Um, and I hear an awful lot more people saying that just because they're, they're on about Kyle Hayes all but one of their, their topics all the time is get the ball into the full forward line. If you even think of Tipperary, they clear the ball near the very end and a high... You, um, I can't remember who the wing back was at the time, but he just hit the ball, launched it as long as he could. And uh, Matt Keogh was... Uh, over at the other end and he ended up just dropping the ball and Limerick got it but if he caught that ball and it was in his hand he was out in front the whole I just dropped it um, and your man didn't even look he just hit it and there's serious opportunities and the other thing as well is we've Aaron Glenn inside line people are saying to me oh Aaron Aaron you know didn't do much or whatever Aaron could come out with three points or one two from play in a certain match and he might have only had four or five possessions into him um, he can win the ball high he can win the ball low he's not bad at getting out in front so like when you when you've a forward in there target man and, and you can give it to him anyway just the odd ball and again we see most goals in both hurling and football they can often be with, with playing around the ball and next thing just a quick ball into the full forward line so um, yeah look um the other side of that, I suppose, Luke, is we we've only scored three goals, we've only conceded two, mm. like so, and and everybody's kind of given out about our defence, and we we looked a bit shaky in the full back line at times the other day, but you have to remember it's the first time playing as 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 a trio in dim positions in a championship game, third round. So look, of course they're going to look a little bit shaky. At least that's going to be a positive going into this game that they'll know each other, a bit of telepathy there, and they'll know each other's movements and break and ball and what way they're going to go up for it. So. Look, we're not conceding many goals, but we're not scoring many either, which probably might be a little bit of an issue moving forward. A couple of uncharacteristic mistakes maybe as well slipping into into the Limerick psyche in terms of, I think there was one time during the tip game where Dermot Burns kind of hesitated and they got in, got a score from it. You see some loose passes that are going into space, but there's no man there. Does that that obviously needs to be cut out as you, as you I suppose, go further into the championship, but is it easier said than done or...? Yeah, absolutely. It's harder said than done. That that can be a, a mindset thing, a, as much as anything. But um, I don't have any stat or fact in it. But I I don't think they made as many mistakes yeah. or unforced errors as uh, as they did previous games. And what I mean by maybe unforced errors and that is, yeah, maybe Don Burns is waiting for the ball a bit. Maybe they they hit a ball or two the other day standing where they got hooked or blocked. But I, I there was one where it came into Nicky and he kind of dropped it and, dro- he dropped, and dropped the onto ball the, yeah. yeah but look look uh, I suppose like the other thing as well we're on about the perception of this Limerick team like we're basing them off perfection mm. like they, they literally played perfection there for a long time where there was very little mistakes and things but um, just on about the other day even they're, they're only slight as I'm on about room for improvement they're only very slight things and I do think that uh, our purple patch w- in that third quarter lasted a bit longer I think they did play with a little bit more intensity and I do think overall through the whole game they made lesser mistakes than they did against Waterford and Clare now that's only my own opinion but uh, if if they can keep going in that direction 
Um, it's very positive for, for Limerick. Obviously, if we can increase our purple patch and keep it going, the the, the one thing that you can you can control because it's very hard to control making silly mistakes and that, and that's maybe playing games a bit like the striker. You have to play yourself out of this, and maybe they need not just to be staying at a train and move to the ball, hit the ball, run. The, but the one thing they can control, um, which I think will be said, is uh, when they did hit their purple patch in that third quarter, we'll call it. Um, they did give a couple of soft frees away. Now, you can't control your discipline. Um, and I'm on about like increasing their intensity. I know I'm kind of maybe talking, contradicting myself, but it can be done where you increase your intensity, but you uh, you kind of control your discipline. They're just giving away a couple of soft frees that they, I know for a fact, the management and the players themselves would be very disappointed with. So if you, if you want to reach perfection, you can't be giving Pat Horgan soft frees. And look, I suppose on that the most disappointing thing about the last free that John McGrath put over was it probably was a free he got a little pull but saying that I felt that the referee wasn't the way he was reffing the game and letting it kind of go of it he wasn't giving them frees all game now it was the last play of the game do refs try and draw it up and make whatever but um, yeah I just felt that he it wasn't a free in the middle of the game but look he gave it at the end I suppose from Cork's point of view Jim Bob you look at them and they've gotten similar results to ourselves although they, they went on and obviously beat Waterford by a, a better scoring margin but lost by a point uh, to Clare and drew with Tipperary but I think there's kind of the perception that they were probably worse off than one point losers against Clare that, that Clare probably had a bit more in the tank than they did and the Tipperary were probably in control of that game for large parts and, and maybe threw it away themselves so from their point of view they're probably looking at themselves as well saying we've tons to improve on here and we're in our first year so is there is there kind of less pressure on them in terms of it is Pat Ryan's first year or kind of do they feel like they owe us one type of type of thing what type of mentality do you think you have because they're they're always pretty confident that they can get a win over Limerick aren't they in fairness yeah and I think that's the fear factor we kind of have no matter like they haven't won an hour since 2005 but they still have this kind of and you have to nearly admire it at times it's kind of aura about them where uh, we'll play anyone so uh, yeah they'll rock on down to the Gaelic grounds but I think during during the week, I think the opposite of what you just said, I think Pat Ryan is kind of speaking to him saying, lads, we just can't keep coming back into matches. And that's why your stat there, you're saying that the, the games they've played, they, they were looking to only lose it by a point or, or draw against tip because they're coming back from seven or eight point uh, margins. And I don't think you can keep going to the well. Um, so if I can guarantee it nearly 100% Pat Ryan's in dressing room saying we need to start this game well and we need to stay in the game. So, we're on about Limerick maybe hitting only patches of play. Cork are doing the very same thing. They're playing well for periods and they're obviously psychologically going out of games or they're switching off or they're not marking their men. And it's going to it's gonna cause massive problems that even if Limerick do hit a purple patch for that period of time like they did against Tipperary and if Cork switch off, it could be open doors altogether. Like we still have a scoring power. And the most positive thing about the other day I suppose was like we're at, we keep talking about energy energy can mean an awful lot of things but the subs that came on made massive positive massive, yeah. massive positive impacts um, Graham McKay came on um, for Tom Morrissey's score to, to draw it even like not only did they make pa- positive impacts but they looked extremely sharp that ball he picked up one hand um, it was laser like very fast reactions and straight out Tom Morrissey did Um so they did look sharp, all the subs that came on. So um, I suppose going back to your question about maybe Groot Hegarty, Keane, things like that, will they change too much? 
I don't think they're going to change team much but I do know that Grot Hegarty Keane or whoever feels they're not going well at the moment because we forget these are players that have feelings emotions they know in their heads this week which is to me if I was the manager of the team I'd be delighted the two hurlers of the year Keane Lynch and Grot Hegarty going around this week saying I need to play well I'm not going well that's the mindset you mm. need them in um, but they know their time is limited that's the one thing I'd say I think the team won't change much but I think there's a lot of players in the team saying if I don't get going early here I'm not going to get as long the next day and that's just that's not being cruel or that's the nature of sport if, if you're if you're not playing well for a long period of time you won't get the same game time but I think uh, a wounded animal is the same we use an awful lot in media and that, that when a player is lacking a bit of confidence and knows that if they don't have a, a good 15 minutes don't get a couple of positive plays do good things in the ball um, that they're off the field I think that that's when players of that calibre are at their most dangerous yeah, let's take a quick listen to the the future mayor of Limerick, John Kiley, <laughs> looking ahead to uh, looking ahead to the Cork game. And uh, he was asked a, a question he wasn't too happy with, but uh, he took it in good spirits. We've got to win next weekend. Cork have got to win next weekend. Uh, so you know it's proper championship stuff now. Only two teams have won home games, John. Um, what do you put that down to in this Munster championship? Are you making a prediction for next weekend? Certainly not. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like it. <laughs> One sentence flew into the other there fairly quickly, so yeah, sounded like a prediction to me. What do you think? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Tough game, it'll be a tough game, of course it will. It'll be, it's going to be all on, on the table next weekend, but sure, you know, isn't that what we're all involved in this thing for, to go after those types of games and to have those types of games? We've had a fantastic championship and we'd like to dearly stay in the championship, you know, for as long as we possibly can and our opportunity to stay in it uh, comes next Sunday. So we'll rest up now, we'll get our, our uh, pieces right during the week and uh, we'll try and be the best team that we can be and hopefully improve yet again. John Kiley laughing and joking there, Jim Bob. Look, he, he doesn't seem like a man under serious pressure. I thought after the the Clare game and the loss, it nearly seemed like a weight was lifted off his shoulders that they were carrying this undefeated tag for so long. And look, he had been saying this, look, the, the group or the other counties are, are catching up. We're not unbeatable. We're not going to go on and win six or seven in a row or, or it's not fair to be saying that at this point. But... From his point of view, everyone relying on him, obviously he has the whole coaching team to keep going, all the players. From what you hear from him, he does handle it so well and that's why obviously he's won four All-Irelands in five years. So cool, calm and collected under pressure. Yeah, for that very reason, I think um, like you fair play to him and that's the way you want your manager to be. He's the player they're all watching you you, you uh, get the vibes you're going to follow your manager that's why he's there but I think when you're going for four in a row and you fall Ireland's one uh, you can be that little bit more relaxed don't like I'm not here saying that he's totally relaxed he's like we are we're all under a bit of pressure this mm. week there's no doubt but um, like when we talk about pressure what are you comparing it to look at Darry Egan this week um, now that's serious pressure where Wexford could be going down to Joe McDonough is quite possible very very possible going with uh, results um, so that's proper pressure to um, like what, what have Limerick to lose uh, find it hard to find a bit of form they're still in the championship this week maybe next week he might be under a little bit more pressure when Limerick are out and maybe questions have to be answered but again they're not they're not do or die questions that they're after going winning three in a row. I like. It's, I think with this new format of the championship, even what they've done is is going. We won't see it for a long, long time. Especially with strength and condition, the whole thing getting more professional players being churned out of counties, more and more players playing younger. So, 
what 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 they've achieved and what they've done. But look, they can't dwell on that at the moment. They need to focus on the weekend. So, um, but again, it comes back to my point. Like, are we looking at this in like? Like is John Kyle looking at this like the rest of the the county's talking now oh, we're not going well we've no energy I don't think so I think he's looking at facts that they they are improving every game um, John McGrath to put the ball over the bar to draw the game which is a massive uh, talking point that like Limerick were ahead in extra time and it was tipped at the draw and suddenly Tipper the best team in Ireland all of a shot do you know what so um, I think he's just looking at facts, stats. He's seen players at training. He's seen them performing in the field. Maybe we're focusing too much on Gord Higgins and Keen Lynch having a bad game. Um, Christy Ring McMackey had bad games. This is this is sport. This is life. They're being man marked. So this is the way it goes. But um, I think, look, to be honest, it, it's relatively easy to be relaxed given all th- that we're going in the right direction, albeit a lot slower than we wanted to. And given what they won, I mean. Um, I suppose the most amazing thing about the whole thing, Luke, and, and like it's amazing that's even coming out of my mouth. I can't believe I'm saying it. They're going for four in a row. Uh, they've won four Ireland's, and probably Sunday is one of the most pressurised matches they've played yeah. in years. It's just, it's just amazing. Yeah, it certainly is because it seems like they take the All Ireland uh, finals with with great ease these days. Obviously, difficult games to get over, but they always seem so cool, calm, and and collected to Limerick. Because uh, they're used to them over the last couple of years. Um, you mentioned the bench a while ago, Jim Bob, and I think this game against Cork. You look at obviously Peter Casey came on the last day. You probably expect him to m- maybe start the game again or retain his 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 starting position. We'll have to wait and see. But Graham Mulcahy, I mean, for a player who was injured, obviously the elder statesman of the of the group to come on and to put in that level of performance, it, it was something else really because. He's not a player who can, who really ever, I suppose, relied on his physical stature. But he has the skills, he has the eye, and he has the experience to to open open the the lock and I suppose open the defenses up. Probably was one point in the game where he had Peter Casey ahead of him and he took the point. But other than that, you you can't fault him. Yeah, like uh, look, this is another debate that we could have for the, for the next hour or so. Is about uh, players like in general around the whole country seem to be retiring that little bit earlier obviously there's a couple of exceptions to the rule you've Pat Hargens TJ Reeds. you could nearly put Graham up into anyone over 30 but as you say there's a place for them um, no doubt about it and people are on about like uh, the only thing we can compare this Don said the last we were in unprecedented this never happened before so we don't know what's next we don't know uh, where the team will find energy from we don't know where you know all this kind of talk but like if you look at the Dublin six in a row team, um, it was very different finishing than it was starting. But then to contradict or counter argue what I'm saying, then you see the other day you bring on Graham and, and the difference he can make. So um, they've done a lot of swapping and changing in the league. I think they were trying to maybe rest up. They realised that um, players had a lot of mileage in the clocks. Um, like look at like every time they train, they train like it's a match. It's high intense training as well, and they've done that over long periods of time. But look, this isn't the discussion for today's pod. It's probably a discussion further down the line. But um, you do, I suppose, this is the reason why we talk about squads and and the depth in squads for so so much in in all sports now. That uh, look, players are putting everything they can into it. Um, players to be out on their feet after 50 minutes or maybe teams need an injection at certain times and look I thought Limerick done it very well the other day every one of their subs made an impact they came on um, they were making tackles they laid off the ball and look the, as you say the only thing you'd say about Limerick at the moment is um, 
from a playing point of view, is just giving that last ball. They were so good at giving the ball to the man in the best position. But look, when you're just a little bit off and you're under that little bit more pressure than you always are, Graham doesn't give Peter that ball for the goal chance. And Barry Nash went up the field at one stage, probably should have laid it off and, and went for a shot. You know, just small little things like that. But I think come... At the end of the day, come... Sunday it's the first I mean, maybe last week was the first knockout match but maybe the way it played out the fact that Clare I'm sure they knew the result going out that they were going to be still in it no matter what so effectively this is the first proper they know if they lose or I think if they draw they're out mm. so this is the first proper knockout championship match and we know that look we always hear it in sport media if you follow um, motivational like form is temporary this team is class. Class is permanent. We know this. And this this is why we've great confidence in this team comes Sunday. What are some of the matchups that Limerick need to come out the right side of if they're to get over the line and, and move on to the All Ireland series, possibly a Munster final? Yeah, look, we said this every week now, um uh, and I'm not surprised actually to be honest that uh tactics I've never seen so many tactics in the Munster Hurland Championship. Uh it's coming it's following the path of football um, I play a bit of football I follow football some people would some people wouldn't but it's following the path of football now in terms of filtering men back defending um, playing with two men inside uh, playing maybe with sweepers or men behind the ball to loop back around all the same kind of lingo talk whether you associate with basketball or football but uh yeah, so there's, there's tactics has been a massive thing this year. We keep talking about Grod Hegarty, Tom Morrissey going back to field, but like even talk about Tipperary's tactics the other day, like even Alan Tynan did. Like some some of the tactics haven't worked. It's been well documented about Waterford's tactics. Like, but I admire I admire tactics. Like uh, how many teams have went out against Limerick the last four or five years doing the same thing? Was Albert Einstein said doing the same thing, getting the same result is a form of insanity? Like some teams literally, you could see they they were getting so frustrated out in the field because Limerick had spare men everywhere so at least teams have tried different things it's great for the evolution of the game mm. to come forward and, and that's one of the reasons why uh, Limerick kind of maybe look like they've lost this bit of injury stuff it's because players are taking other players out of it and, and look tactics is playing a great part and look I know some people like it some people don't but obviously I, I'm, I'm into the coaching side of it and all that so I found it tantalising to be watching different things Dan McCormick going back and Grod Hegarty the other day like nobody saw that one coming I thought I didn't even think he was going to play midfield I thought he was going to go to wing forward and he went back wing back and settled in there so um, yeah so the big matchups this weekend you've already talked about one of them is uh, Pat Horgan like you, you say what you like about the man um, uh, I've heard it all over the years oh he doesn't tackle he needs to tackle more and the whole lot or Pat, Patrick Horgan is a bit like I suppose maybe Tom Marcy Patrick Horgan didn't have a great game Sunday and Nixon was saying yeah but he scored 1-4 from play and he got one ten. Six in freezer. Do you know what them kind of stats mm-hmm. come out about him all the time? So he'll have to be watched, watched very closely. He'll probably stay inside like um, Aaron Glenn does. Um, could he have the bit of cuteness for maybe our full back, whether it be Mike Casey, Dan Morrissey? He, um, he's lethal. How many year on year for 10, 12, 13 years now we've seen him sneak a goal out of, out of nothing. So that's a big matchup. Again, I'm always talking about midfield. Darfit's given there. Um, he's after scoring 17 this year from play. Um, starting to get his shooting boots back again. Uh, well able to play. Um, I suppose the other matchup is it'll be interesting to see what Cork do with their half forward line. Um, Cork the other day, or uh, Tipperary the other day for. I would I know for about five minutes they played but nearly the whole first half played with no full forward, no half forward line at all they just moved everywhere they whether they go inside to the full forward line or mostly back out the field but they they were just not present they barely went back into the half forward line for puck out so that was even very interesting to see will Cork do something similar we saw it back in eighteen I know there's a new management but we saw him do it again in twenty nineteen that 
where Cock were nearly the first team with their half forward line, marked our half forward line effectively, made it a battlefield there. So that's going to be extremely interesting as well. And look, I suppose to give Limerick a small bit of um, credit as well, tactically, like Limerick are staying doing the same things no matter what way they're setting out the team the same way and they're they're talking and getting their tactics right at half time and you have to compliment them the other day something happened in that um, third quarter and it wasn't just the players in the field and to me from what I saw I thought they used Kyle Hayes as I said already as an out ball Burns had the ball on three four different occasions just played the ball straight across the field they obviously identified that he's free the whole time and we just love to see him get a couple more gallops up the field like a, a proper racehorse that he is like let's think of the goal he got in the Munster final something like that but uh, yeah there's going to be a lot of matchups throughout the field but um, I just think like uh, Tom Morrissey and Carl O'Neill are, are two shining lights at the moment um, need to get them on the ball as much as we can but who's to say that they won't be the, the players that are going to be marked the next day the biggest advantage we have and look Cork have them as well but you can't mark everyone and you can't watch everyone so uh, hopefully they maybe take their eye off Grod Hegarty and Keane Lynch a bit and they, they think they're maybe our form they don't need to be watched and that's when they come to light yeah, well, a massive game to come at the two scale at grounds against Cork. And uh, there was a massive game back in 2013 at the same venue, wasn't there? A Munster final between the two counties. Limerick looking to end a 17-year drought. Take a listen to this from our former sports editor, Liam Ahern. Hannan breaks it down. Supporters almost on the field. Declan Hannan well blocked down. Referee has a look at the watch. Out for a 65 in favour of Limerick. And with that, we'll see the last action of the game. The Limerick supporters are ready to engulf the pitch. We're about to see the mother and father of all parties. 1996, 17 years since Limerick last won a Munster senior hurling title. The 17-year famine is about to end. There's people on the field already. There's people on the field already. Away to our left-hand side. The game hasn't finished. The game hasn't finished. The referee, as told Shane Dowling, just hit it wherever you want to hit it. I'm going to blow the final whistle as soon as you hit it, as soon as it goes dead. Shane Dowling to take this. The fans are on the pitch on the far side. I think James Maguire will be just advised just to blow the final whistle. And let's get this party started at the Gaelic ground. Shane Dowling to put the cherry on the icing. It's gone right and wide. It's all over! 17 years! has been too long and the wait is over the wait is over Limerick are the Munster Senior Hurling Champions Limerick you're my lady Remarkable listening back to that, Jim Bob. Penny for your thoughts. Yeah, it was it was one of our good days. Now, to be honest, we we, <laughs> we had a lot of bad days. Now, to be fair, in, in Division One B, the league, and not coming out of it and things like that, and and even that year, um, 
It was amazing. We we weren't going all that well. Like we were, I'll tell you, if they think Limerick are going bad, no, <laughs> we were uh, we were going very very poor. Uh, six weeks or coming into the tip game there and up to that game, and we, we just got on a run and things came together. So it, I suppose that in itself is uh, proof that uh, things can happen. But look, a, a lot of. Um, Comparable things to that to that Munster final uh, and the fact that it's on the Gaelic grounds. It's looking like the weather is going to be exceptionally good. Um, a few players still playing, but uh, look, the Gaelic grounds is home. Uh, I, it's my favourite place nearly in the whole world. I think a lot of the Limerick team uh, would say the same. There's just something, a lot of them have played Mackie Cups there, your, your best memories underage and different things like so. We're bringing Cork to home and in fairness, they, they haven't lost too many games at home either. So, uh, uh, yeah, look, that 2013 was a great day, but um, hopefully Sunday will be something similar. Yeah, are we nearly getting spoiled at this point, Jim Bob, in terms of all the big days we've had? Obviously, we're not going to give them back for anything, but you look at, I suppose, the 2018 and and all that that let out and, and the scenes after that. You look back to 2013 and the 17-year wait. Are we, you, you mentioned a while ago, we probably are becoming a bit too used to it, and sometimes we need a reality check, don't we? Well, the fact I'm... <laughs> <laughs> the fact you even said are we nearly getting to spite now um, look to be honest like it's just incredible um, like I am I am not promoting let this ball stop rolling or by any means like but like it, it look I suppose it's not the week to even be looking back it's like we're, we're nearly talking like we've lost and, and all that but like, let's look back it's looking like we're going to be out of the Munster Championship mm. um, this weekend look like Waterford could throw some bit of a shape it's highly unlikely Tipperary have everything to play for Waterford have nothing so look Tip win they're in one's final so like even the fact and I've said this numerous I've even forgot that they've won four Munsters in a row uh, the fact that the cup was called McMackie and they won the first McMackie Munster Cup and this all went over our heads we were looking at all Ireland's we were looking at how many we were trying to book the hotel in Dublin and we're still <laughs> at that so this is crazy stuff and um, like I'm even mocking people around like um the Limerick people there now on Sunday and even when hopefully we get up to Dublin they all owe me a pint think of the money I saved them and our the Limerick team saved them from not going to Ireland finals it's expensive over the years but yeah absolutely spoiled rotten Luke is the we've all just been absolutely spoiled rotten it's uh, uh, and as I say hopefully we see it again but um, we know how hard it is to win them we're, we're basking in the sun there's no doubt we're enjoying them and uh, the other thing is like uh, we're getting greedy um, we'll be very disappointed and that's a good thing we're hurling people and we, we want to win we like to see our hurling team do well but uh, come Sunday we'll, be, we'll, we'll have the Limerick Roar going and we want to see Croker at some time of the year but um, yeah look spoiled rotten um, not the time of the year to talk about let's, let's keep this ball rolling but uh, uh, nearly getting spoiled is uh, probably the best way of putting it yeah how big of a role can the crowd play, Jim Bob? We heard, obviously, the scenes back in 2013. The Limerick support have been outstanding since the beginning of time, really. The Cork support as well. They travel and, and, and they're great as well. But how much do you need to make the, the Gaelic grounds a cauldron? How uncomfortable do you need to make Cork um, coming to, to Limerick to the back garden of the All-Ireland Champions? Is that something you need to look at? Look, I, I can only go, I suppose we all only go on, on the past and what we experienced. And I've, I suppose the first one I say about that is the Limerick Waterford game this year in the first round championship. Uh, Waterford, it was, like, I mean, this nice way, I'm not insulting, it was, it was nearly like a game of Where's Wally, trying to find the Waterford fans in the match. There were very little yeah. of them there. Um, I, I felt that Waterford needed a bit of a G up, a bit of a roar at, at times. And the other thing I can't explain 
um, what I'm, how this happens or whatever, but I've experienced it twice that I can recall now that you asked me the question. Um, England in the Euros, um, this, uh, whenever against Italy, and Limerick in the Munster final against Tipperary when they came out in the second half. It was the only two times in my life I can ever recall watch. Well, obviously, I watched the Euros, but I was at the Munster final in Cork where you hear this crowd roar and you just know there's a goal coming. It, it's just crazy. I don't know. Hopefully, people are. It's resonating. People can remember either match. But Limerick came out in the second half and they, they, the momentum was after going with them. And England at the Euros, I think it was in the first five. 10 minutes of the match and you hear this roar from the crowd and you heard it I even heard it through the telly that day and you just knew there was something coming and uh, obviously whether it's the team feeding off the, the the energy of the crowd or the crowd feeding off the team or is it just the perfect storm or both I don't know but um, yeah crowds can play a massive massive uh, um, I suppose I, I never realised it when I was playing but now that you're, you're, you're in the media or you're commentating the match or you're there watching it you just the, the 16th man to say it in, in rugby the whole time and also as well with that home advantage the fact that you, you know your surroundings and you know obviously there's going to be a big crowd there um, and I think look from a, from both Cork and Limerick point of view and I still to this day love seeing it it was there the other day there's nothing better than looking at one terrace the other day and it was all blue and gold and looking at the other terrace and it was all green and the odd flare too that's not allowed into the stadium it's just great to see him up and I think I associate that and I think a lot of people do with proper Munster Championship Hurling you know? so um, yeah look all roads lead to the Gaelic grounds and I, I see it up on social media the whole lot and it's great to see Lee McFan saying let's get this roar going and, and let's like how often have the players brought us forward and brought our confidence and emotion and spoiling us so I think it's our turn now on Sunday yeah it definitely is you can't bet the Munster Championship and walking up the Ennis Road for what is a do or die game against uh, Cork Jim Bob just before we go the, the heroes of 73 they'll be honoured at half time in the game and Look, for so long, I suppose, they, they held the title that they didn't want as the last All-Ireland winners from, from Limerick. Any time there was a big game, a semi-final or a final, you were looking up the, the phone book, you were looking for the for the Richie Bennises, you were looking for the Eamon Creekins for a bit of comment, weren't you? And uh, a lot of them said that a weight was lifted off them in, in, in 2018. But if you're looking for further inspiration, if you're this particular crop of Limerick hurlers, look no further than the team of 73 coming out at half time. Yeah, look, what can you say? Even the fact you call them the heroes of 73, um, like, you'd nearly be ashamed to say it, but it was so long ago. Obviously, I, I can't remember him playing. I wasn't, I wasn't around, I wasn't born, and you can only look back and watch matches. But, uh, yeah, look, like, you couldn't honour him enough, really. It, it was like, what a fantastic achievement at the time. And obviously, they lost the final in, in 74. Um, they were a great team. Um, they have, like, a lot of them players in 73 even went down and, and were still playing in in the 80s or in the early 80s when they got to All-Irelands but look they rightly deserve what they're getting um, it's a long time ago and, and into the into the lovely thing to hear that they were saying the weight was lifted off their shoulders um, I suppose like the one thing I would say to our detriment was nearly that weight was on us when we were playing every year we'd nearly 73 would be sung around the dressing room and thank God that that's gone in, in respect obviously to the whole lot, but thank God that's gone now um, when you're going playing in, in 2027 they're going to say lads let's be like the team in 
hopefully it'll be 23 but in one of the years and doesn't feel that long going they can resonate to it but look a lot of that 73 team have put an awful lot back into Limerick Hurling um, we've had numerous um, players sure Richie Binnis was the manager in 07 um, Bernie Hartigan was there as a selector even Pat Hartigan was um, actually one of the selectors trainers of our team back in Limerick under 16 training Eamon Cregan was involved in the academy for ages Joe McKenna's head of the academy so look the fact that they've even given their time back into it um, some very honourable and respectful and uh, I suppose uh, heroes of men that you, you'd still look up to this day so um, yeah hopefully they all have a great day yeah, 50 years on, imagine. We hope that the team of 73 have a great day out at the Gaelic Grounds on Sunday and that they get a great reception at half time as well. We hope that the senior crop have a great day out as well and that all Limerick supporters go home with smiles on their faces. We did mention that uh, the Flares at, at Munster Championship Games, but ahead of the game, Munster GEA have issued a press release warning fans not to bring flares or smoke bombs to Munster Championship Games and in particularly uh, they singled out the game between Limerick at Cork and Cork at the uh, two scale at ground. So Munster GEA and on Garda wishes to remind supporters of the dangers of igniting flares and smoke bombs within grounds. That's where time has beaten us here at the Live 95 studios on this week's installment of the Sideline Cut sponsored by Solar Choices of Limerick. We do hope we're back looking ahead to either a Munster final or an All-Ireland preliminary quarter-final uh, in the coming weeks, but only time will tell. Thanks for tuning in. The Sideline Cut Podcast, sponsored by Solar Choices of Limerick, making the energy requirements for your home, business or farm more affordable. Visit solarchoices.ie.